Well, thank you. Thank you so much for... Welcome to Hey Arnold Hey. Um, this is Corey, and I am here with Adam Samaha. Yeah, and we're here to talk about Hey Arnold, which is what we do every week. Um, today we're we just watched The List and The Haunted Train. Um, yeah, it would probably be a good idea to listen to it, listen to it for, or watch the episode first, and then um, listen to us talk about it. That way you can follow along. Um, how how are you doing, Adam? Uh, I'm doing really good. And before I talk, talk about myself. Uh, we would like it if you would su- to subscribe. Oh yeah, I guess to that's the important. podcast. Yeah, it's sort of important. Uh, iTunes or whatever way you listen to podcasts would be great. Um, and then we're on SoundCloud, and we're on. We have a website. Yeah, heyarnoldhey.com. Um, if you could like rate and review it too on um, uh, on iTunes, that would be great. Uh, we've got a few, but it'd be better if you could like. It's it takes five seconds to just do the stars. You don't even and have it to means do so yeah, much. To us. It would be great just yeah. so we can know. That there are people listening because iTunes is really difficult to figure out in that yeah. regard. Yeah, and um, I'm doing like some write-ups too on the website if you're interested in seeing how I have been going a little bit deeper with a few of these episodes. Um, but those are more intermittent, kind of as I as I work on them, I'll put them up. But they're not going to be weekly like the podcast. Um, yeah, I'm trying. We have some other things that are kind of we're toying with up our sleeve, which you might find out next week. I don't know. We're, we'll, we'll keep it a mystery, keep it shrouded, shrouded in mystery. Yeah. And if you listen to our podcast and you own a business or you brew beer and you want to send it our way, we'll drink it and we'll, uh, give you yeah, a, yeah. Li- a little bit of ad time. Sure. Just no free, free charge, no charge. Yeah. Just send us whatever it is you do and we'll that drink sounds it. sounds great to me. Like we are right now. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, just to plug her again, our, the illustrator for, um, all of our artwork is Emily Okada. Um, she's a friend of mine. We went to school together. She's a really great illustrator and designer. So look her up. She and did a beautiful job. Yeah, very thankful for her help. Um, yeah, I think that's it for now. Just stay tuned and we'll have new stuff. Hopefully every week. Um, although, are we going to do next week? I don't know. Yeah, we're going to do next week. Why yeah. Oh, here's another thing. We this is This is a bummer to me that we weren't caught up enough to do the Christmas episode around Christmas because it's such a great episode of Hey Arnold and I would just recommend watching it, but we're going to, we decided we want to wait to talk about it until it comes up. If any of you were wondering, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if anybody actually thought about that besides us. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I, I wanted to say, I was waiting for that. You really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need to watch it. It's so good. I, I would watch it on Christmas Eve. It's a beautiful, beautiful story. The benefit of doing it this way is that, uh, when you're in the middle of the year and you are missing that holiday cheer. Yeah. And if you've subscribed and you're uh, still listening at that point, which would be badass, then you'll get that, uh, a rush of that Christmas cheer all over again. Yeah. All over again. Cool. Well, I tried to, I try to nonchalantly move it into, what's up? How's your life? So I'll try it again. <laughs> hey, Adam, how you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah. How, did you do anything exciting at all? Or are you no, not, nothing exciting. reading any good books? Um, yeah. I, yeah, I am reading a good... Well, I just got a good book for Christmas. We, my girlfriend and I did Christmas presents like a week early because we can't, couldn't wait for some reason. Yeah. 
and um, I gave her a backpack that's too big and needs to be returned. And then uh, she gave me the book Dune, which is cool. And it's like gold leafed paper size. Yeah. And it's like fancy design. It's really cool. And I'll feel like like a total badass when I read it in public because it looks like I'm reading a very important book. Yeah, it looks like either Shakespeare or the Bible. Those are the options. It looks. <laughs> I think like Dune's probably a combination of those things. Of the Shakespeare and the Bible? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got some larger than life elements with like a... Like a weird soap opera Shakespearean vibe, right? Yeah. I haven't read it yet. I don't know. It's a sci-fi. I hate to tell yeah. you. I don't know if you knew that. I had no idea. Speaking of sci-fi, I did see Star Wars. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to say I liked it. Adam didn't see it yet. Nope. And I probably won't see it. Sorry. That's not like a judgment call towards those who did see it, but <sighs> my imagination, as I just explained that I'm going to read a, a sci-fi book, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's different okay. with the movies. It's okay. Yeah, I just saw I just saw that movie and it was such a good time, and um, yeah, I mean other than that, it's just been a normal week. Yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. So yeah, Christmas shopping, doing all that stuff. I'm guessing that's what you did. Uh, I did. I'm not quite done yet. Um, there's the they'll never listen to this, so it's okay. My my there's a my sister and I get through this, go through this like argument about whether or not to get our grandparents presents. <laughs> the answer should always be no. That's what I think. But she always says yes. And so I look like the chump who does it. So like on Christmas morning, here's your gift, grandma, grandpa. And I'm just sitting there with my, you know. I feel like there's always gift giving anxiety. But when you're going that age gap to buy know, a gift for it, it's no, like, what do you do? Know, That's like a different world. I don't my, know. My That's sister awful. got them a puzzle. Spoiler alert. I hope they're not listening. They're not listening. They don't know what a podcast is. Yeah. Um, they got them, a, got them a puzzle. And I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do. Probably get them another puzzle. <laughs> Did they finish uh, the last puzzle you got them, or is this the first oh, puzzle? They, they do puzzles. It, it's like their crack, man. They do puzzles uh, all the time. All, that's, like their, that's like their main lot in life is puzzling, which it, is cool. It keeps their brain sharp. Yeah, you see some old people, and you're like, being old seems awesome. And then you hear other stories like that, and you're like, being old seems awful. I mean, yeah. If, but here's the thing. If they like making puzzles, I can't stop them from More making a puzzle. Too. More power to them. Yeah, what so. they do in their own home, the privacy of their own home. I mean, <laughs> I, me I'm embarrassed for them, but <laughs> if they want to, if they want to puzzle it up, that's fine with me. Okay, well, let's stop talking about my grandparents, eh? Okay, let's we move could, on. I mean, I guess we could talk about them. My grandmother's name is Wilma. Um, she's married to a man named Jim, who's a great guy. Cool. Um, yeah, should we keep going about my grandparents? No, let's let's stop. But let's talk. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> we're gonna talk about the list. The list. Um, let me go through it very quickly, and then we can talk about it. Um, the list uh, it starts off with Arnold looking at the clock. A nice representation of time. Um, anxiety of time. Uh, he's at school, and school gets let out. And um, he ends up like meeting with his friends, and they're talking about, what are you going to do this weekend? It's Saturday tomorrow. What are we going to do? And everyone's like, I'm going to play catch. I'm going to ride my bike. I'm going to watch cartoons. And Arnold says, kind of like brazenly, I'm going to do it all. And everyone's like, Oh, what? No way. And, uh, it kind of comes out that, that, uh, this is like a tradition that is like, it's a myth kind of, or a legend that, uh, has never been completed. And that's the perfect Saturday. And Arnold actually pulls out a piece of paper that has, it's like a sacred, they actually call it a sacred document. Mm -hmm. It's like a, uh, folded up like a triangle, like a football triangle, paper, paper football. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, There we go. And, uh, you know, uh, one of the characters said, he kind of looks at it, he goes, oh, no one has ever completed this. 
this is a big deal. This, this, this is a legend passed down from kid generation to generation. And then he says, Gerald, will you read it out loud? And so Gerald kind of gets on this like soapbox and reads the list. And the list includes watching cartoons, eating cereal, um, riding a bike, playing catch with every kid uh, at the park, and then sitting through a movie three times, which sounds horrible, not fun at all. But yeah. that's all the kids kind of surrounding them in this in this uh, reading, this like oral reading. Like cheering it on. They're like, cheering, they're like yeah, woo! Because it's um, like eating three bowls of cereal and sitting and watching cartoons for, for hours like six on and end. Yeah. yeah, for like six hours. Um, so then they say to Arnold, like, oh, you're tempting the fates. Good luck, my man. Have fun. And Arnold uh, kind of says, I know, but it's like going to be the best day. And then it shows him like setting his alarm, saying this is going to, this is the day memories are made of. But then he sleeps through his alarm. His alarm gets broken and he sleeps through. And so he's already running late. And then basically the rest of the episode kind of becomes, you know, the best laid, best, the best laid plans go awry. Everything that he's planned to happen doesn't happen. Um, he like they run out of cereal. The power goes out. Um, it, someone steals his baseball. Uh, some like goofy kid steals his baseball. Um, his his bike gets stuck in the concrete, and then the movie doesn't work. So he's like super bummed out. Um, but all along, like alongside this story of Arnold trying to do the perfect Saturday but failing pretty pretty horribly, um, failing uh, failing pretty horribly. The, what's going alongside of that is grandma. His grandma is trying to get a piano into the house, and it won't fit. And so she's trying like every situation for it to happen. And it's kind of interesting to see like both these stories happening at the same time because it's clear that they both, they're both doing the same thing. They're trying to get this task completed and a lot of roadblocks are coming up. And so it's a little bit of, okay, who, like, how do they react to it or whatever? Um, and so that, that's how it finishes is Arnold is on the roof, bummed out. And then grandma gets her and the piano get like lifted onto the roof by a, a crane, like a crane. Yeah. And she's playing it like, old timey musical music. Um, and she tells him, well, I got to have the piano on the roof. We can't fit it in the house. And Arnold's like, that's terrible. He's already in a bad mood. That's terrible. And grandma twists it right away and says, no, it's great. And then she plays a song for Arnold about hope and about looking forward. And Arnold at first is like, nah, man, I'm not interested in, in like looking ahead. Um, but then she kind of convinces him that it's, you know, it's, uh, we're going to talk a lot about this, but basically it's all about your perspective and about, um, you know, the way you, the way you handle failure and the way you handle roadblocks. Um, and so it's kind of, it's just a, it, it, it feels like a sweet, easy moral, but I think it's, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty good. It's not a one-off morality conversation. It's more of a conversation of how you receive failure. Um, yeah, I think, it, I think it's a cool, cool ending. Um, cause it shows some change in Arnold. Uh, and you know, he's growing up, so it makes sense that that, that he's the one that would kind of go through that. So that's, that's a, that's the story. Um, we can go into more detail of course, but yeah. Yeah. I think that there, there's a lot of parts of the episode that are really interesting. I think it, it, like you said, it's not just like a easy, like, um, sort of more like a moral story. There's not like a, a moral at the end of the story. I think it's like a thing you can apply actually, if you want to analyze it to your life, like every single day, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it's like, how do we manage the passage of time? And, um, what is it? What, what, like, what do you, like, how do your expectations of things play into like how you perceive them ultimately? And I think that, uh, if you over plan, like you were saying a bit, um, 
you kind of set yourself up in this, in this situation where you don't allow natural, like things to naturally occur and that the, the, the things you didn't plan for can often be like the best things. Um, mm. yeah, 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 yeah. And that's funny because we, we like, this is one of the first times where we like wrote out the things that we were like pl- kind of planning a little bit, but also leaving room for what we're going to talk about yeah. behind the scenes. But we're like, <laughs> we're talking about making a list. There should we, be more structure. Yeah. We made, we made yeah. a list to this episode. Wow, one of the morals of the story is, uh, don't overstructure things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> miss out. Yeah. Anyway. So, but yeah, I think that, and I think this is like a, a, a personal twist is every girl I've known and every girl that I've dated has always been obsessed with making lists and writing things down in notebooks and like buying containers and filling all their crap in their mm. containers. Like this you're limiting of, the female condition to, to this, aren't no, you? No, they do that. Oh, I, okay. I'm just, I'm observing it and okay, talking okay. about it. So, and it's this thing I think where you, you sense that your life is disorganized or you don't have control in your life. And therefore there are simple fixes to that, which yeah. is writing things down. Like I'm going to get X amount of things done today or in the next week or whatever, or uh, my life feels, you know, very out of whack. Like I'm going to put all my crap in these containers and I'll be so organized in my life will be exactly how I want it to be. And I think that that is, things are so much more complicated than that. And I think that this mm-hmm. episode sort of touches on that same idea of like, you can have this thing that you, you hold so highly, like, um, this is the perfect day. But then you realize that the more that you put these sort of strictures around it, the more likely you are to be disappointed mm-hmm. and that you may feel very productive, like, uh, in the personal example I gave, but in reality, it's just, um, kind of like a mirage almost. Well, it, not to say you can't have like a calendar or an agenda no, or whatever, should, yeah, yeah, but, but it's an obsessive there, sort of yeah, need to make lists and like desire to order things. It, 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 it not only suggests that what was before wasn't good enough, but it also suggests that if you don't do the things on the list, then you haven't succeeded. Yeah. You're setting yourself up for failure because your day and your life can go so many different ways. And if you think this is the only way I will succeed and then you don't get up to that, it's yeah, you're setting yourself Mm -hmm. up to fail essentially. And it's, it's interesting. Arnold goes in and out of like this anxiety and this feels like, well, it definitely builds into this crazy anxiety by the end of the episode, but he, I, I think him setting up this, like him setting out a goal to complete this list kind of, it makes me ask the question, uh, do you think that you never had a good Saturday before? I mean, he has friends, he's a popular kid. He's not like, um, alone in life. He has, he has a community that he's with, um, and he, you know, like he is a kid, he's a carefree kid. And so like what and maybe it maybe it's tied to the fact that he um, is an orphan and has some like um, parent issues that he's still dealing with, and so he feels like he's never enough. I don't know. I, maybe I'm reading into that too much, but it it kind of fits with these other things we've talked about with Arnold, his hat, um, a few other things like him him the way he obsesses over Ruth. Like there are things there that might be tied to who he is as a person. Um, but even if it's not, I am. That's the question I ask when he says, "I'm going to do this perfect day." Like. Why? Like he does it alone too. Well, I think he, yeah, he does it alone. And I think he probably has had good Saturdays or weekends or Saturdays. Yeah. But I think that he wants to have the best Saturday. Mm -hmm. And in reality, if you can have a good thing or the best thing, which one are you going to choose? People always pretty much strive for or want to strive for the best thing. Yeah. So I think that he probably feels like I'm not going to settle like the rest of these kids and just watch cartoons. I'm going to do it all. And I want it all. And his his classmates find that very admirable, but they think he's going to fail. Yeah. They they say you're, you're, you're testing the fates. Yeah. Like as if you're bound to fail. 
they already tell him you're bound to fail. So it's interesting that he, and he does fail. Yeah. And then the night before he sets his alarm clock for the, for that Saturday, that Friday night, he says, uh, yeah, he thinks that Saturday is going to be the greatest day. But then by the time the day ends, he said that he hates his life. Yeah. So he yeah. like had this really extreme switch and it's because nothing did go the way it should have gone. But instead of kind of like laughing it off and going, this is a disaster, but then like having a good day, he kept trying to move on to the next thing down yeah. the list. And it kept you, not that you carry that negative energy forward and then you're like making it more likely you're going to fail. But yeah, once he's your well, outlook and perspective, once he messed up on that first item, it's like, how are you even going to, at that point, his whole day is tarnished because it's no longer a perfect day. Yeah. Like I'm surprised that he kept going because as soon as the, it, if it was me and I got to the cereal, he ra- they ran out of cereal at his house. It was just like this gross brand cereal. And then the milk was curdled. So it was just not the first thing he had to do was not going well. Um, if that was me, I would have said, well, I guess I'll try next Saturday. I'm going to make sure it's set up perfectly the night before. Right. Yeah. It's like, he didn't know he had no, like he had no plan. But the interesting thing is he's supposed to eat like three bowls of a certain type of cereal and he has a certain type of cereal, but it's just crumbs. Yeah. And he eats just the crumbs and then still crosses it off the list, mm. which I think is interesting because I Good think, enough. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing people do. It's like, you know, I feel a little overweight, so I'm going to start running. So then people go on like one or two jogs one morning and then they're I've like, been running. I've done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pretty much done at this point yeah, with yeah. running or dieting is the same thing. It's like, how many, how long is this? You know, two days of dieting? No, screw that. I'm done. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I've, I've succeeded, but I've also failed. And yeah. it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's. I think too, just with the like way lists are in our society, I mean, there's so, like on Buzzfeed and Huffington yeah. Post and, and there are different types of lists. There are lists that say the top hundred movies of all time or whatever, but there's some that say 10, 10 steps to a better life. Um, <laughs> yeah. like, and like our society is obsessed with lists. So it makes sense that this, um, that this is how they're describing like the anxiety of the perfect life. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, There's something else I was gonna say about that. I have to... But it, yeah, and it makes it makes life and things so simplistic. And I know, like, right, whenever right. I get like the urge to like, I want to move out of Orange County. I'm gonna go somewhere else. It's like, where sounds cool? Let me look up Chicago. And then look up Chicago, and you just find like, yeah, ten reasons yeah. why Chicago is the most underrated city. And then you look through it, and you realize like, that's kind of cool that someone wrote mm-hmm, that about mm-hmm. Chicago. But then it simplifies things so much. And it over romanticizes things too. Like if you go mm, visit that yes, place yes, with these expectations, yeah. like. Yeah, you're, it's the same thing we've been talking about this whole time. But like, yeah, you're you're doomed to fail. Yeah, the he um, it definitely is romanticized, and he he said it's so sad. But he says not sad, but just like oh, like back to the romanticizing, simplifying thing. When he's setting his alarm, he goes, "Tomorrow's gonna be the day, gonna be a day that memories are made of," and that's such a lofty perception of what's going to happen. Yeah, even even if he didn't fail, like you. Think you might succeed at a thing and get a thing and realize, oh, it's not, it's not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And it's that problem of like living in extremes. Mm -hmm. Like it's like the way we view love and stuff is like that too. It's like people think like once you're in this relationship, like after a year or so, you're like, wait a minute, do I even like this person? Because I'm not madly in love with them anymore. Yeah. 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 It's like, no, things change. Like you, you're not supposed to live like really, really low or really, really high. Like somewhere in the middle is like. The yeah. comfortable, good yeah. place to be. And you, but it's, and, but it's still, it so shows how skewed everything is. Like the, when you talk about something being the best, it's like, if something's the best, only a few people can obtain that. And you probably are not going to keep it forever, whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that, that reminds me of like a, there's a term called, um, <clears throat> like, I guess pendulum, like your life is a pendulum. And I, my, my friend Chad, who has 
kind of mentored me and a few other guys over the last several years. And he, something that he, um, always talks about when we're bringing up these like extremes, like, Oh, I know I got to do this. Or like, this is how I feel about life. This is exactly what I think. There's an idea that when you're on one side of the pendulum, sometimes to like, uh, push against it, you end up going to the other side, which mm-hmm. is just as extreme. And you miss yeah. that there's a balance in between the two. And then eventually you're going to land back in the middle. Um, and, and I think Arnold maybe has like a tough time balancing, um, uh, balancing the perfect day with a crappy day. Like it's neither, it's just a day Yeah, and like take the trouble as it comes and, and like love the great things that come too. And he's, and he's still like a kid. And I think when you're really little, it's like, you know, you'd see a little baby that's running around, like having the greatest time ever. And you think, how could you ever be that happy? And then the next minute they're screaming and crying. True. True. Yeah. And if they could curse, they'd be cursing. And so I think as you get older, hopefully I think probably part of maturing is realizing that life is like a balance. It's like a balancing act Mm, and mm. that you really need to fall somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um, one other thing kind of in that same regard is his like weird, well, his like not weird time anxiety, which I have that like, Oh, I'm running out of time. I don't have enough time. Um, it's funny that he, when he wakes up and says, I'm late, he like looks in the drawer to find his non-broken clock. So how many clocks does this guy have? It's a very unique specified clock that he's built himself, you know, with like his head saying, Hey Arnold, Hey Arnold or whatever. Um, it, it's, like one clock breaks, he has another one that he's already thinking about. Yeah. Um, which Just in reserve. Yeah, yeah. Hit time in reserve. And I okay, so I feel like this is this is probably a good time to like say some situations where I was late for things. Um, <laughs> one one thing I think about like in that situation with breaking things, I when I was in college, I lived um, in, in a dorm and I was on the second bunk, the top bunk, and the alarm went off once, and I jumped. Basically, what I would do. There's a moment in this episode where he sets his alarm on the other side of the room to make him get up. And that's what I do every day because I cannot mm-hmm. get out of bed. So I would, I would do this same thing when I lived in this dorm. I would put the alarm on the other side of the room so then I'd have to get out of my lofted bed. So then I, it's like, well, am I going to climb back up the stairs, climb back up the ladder, or am I going to get dressed? And, and sometimes just train yourself to like sleep while the alarm is going off. <laughs> that's what I used to do. I never slept through <laughs> stuff, but what I would do is I would wake up turn off the alarm, get back, back into yeah. bed and then go to sleep. Like it's not like, it it's doesn't, so easy yeah, to, it doesn't yeah. help. But yeah. there was, so there were two times in college. One was I jumped out of my lofted bed, which was so stupid. I jumped from the top down to the ground and I landed on this old tin, um, like safe box that my, I gotten from my grandpa. And instead of breaking my ankle, I just broke the box. Like I bent it in <laughs> it. And I cannot bend it back. I, like, I don't know how I didn't break my ankle. Cause it, it's like an ankle shape. Saved your life. I guess maybe I don't know. Thank you, Uncle. Uh, but the the, be- the best time though was I had a final for an art history class, and I jumped out of I jumped out of my bed. Uh, or no, no, I the alarm went off, and I realized I was like twenty minutes late to this final. And I all I did was I threw on jeans. I wore the same shirt I was wearing. I didn't shower. I threw on a baseball hat, grabbed a pencil. And I literally, and I, it was on the other side of campus. I ran, it's like a, it's like half a mile. I like ran maybe a quarter mile, but I ran, I sprinted the whole way at like eight 30 in the morning. People are like looking at me as I run by, I think it, I might've like been wearing flip flops and I just like ran in my bare feet to like get there. And by the grace of John Anderson's heart, my professor, he gave me, he let me take the test and then he actually stayed a little later to let me finish it. <laughs> But the way you just described getting ready for that day was exactly what I did this morning. 
What, ju- like jumped out of bed? Than, I'm wearing the same shirt I slept in and I threw jeans on and a baseball cap. And I went about a normal day, had a normal pace. Yeah, but you also and didn't. now we are drinking beer when the sun is out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what does that say about my life? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's your turn to decide. Send us an email. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've like painted myself. In these last two episodes, like the weirdest slob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By the way, you're, um, all of your pictures are still leaning against the wall. So. But they may be. But I put the curtains up, mm. drilled some holes in the wall like a Ooh, man. Oh, you fancy. I know. I got some hill holes in the wall, screwed some screws in the wall. Uh, and, you know, I'm sleeping like a baby because I got that uh, the blackout curtains. Yeah. Those things really yeah, work. Yeah, you woke. I, I picked you up at like 11 today, and that's when you were waking up. Okay, you woke up at 10. And <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, I okay. was, yeah, pretty much still in bed yep, up until that yep. point. Anyway, so yeah, I think there something we can like jump to though, really quick, is um, thinking about like uh, what, what grandma presents, which is the idea of hope and moving forward and kind of rolling with the punches. Um, she did, she had a bad day too. She couldn't get her piano into the into the house. Yeah, and it's like kind of funny too. Scene. She's like, "Let's go back down to the stoop and think." Like, yeah, she's very- that yeah, I, I have I wrote that down because I was like, that to me was the whole missing ingredient in this episode. Is if he mm. would have like stopped, slowed down, and then stopped, and then like thought about his day and been like, "This is an awful idea what I'm doing." Like the past two things I've done have been so screwed up. Wow. Maybe I should just like change uh, change it up a little bit. Change my goals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And his grandma is a fantastic character, and she was doing that. Whole, she wanted to do that. Yeah, the whole, the whole time. time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 her getting the piano onto the roof. Um, Arnold. Yeah, Arnold says that's terrible, and her response was, "No, we have a piano on the roof. That's wonderful. And, yeah, and it's all in the way. It's the tone because she could yeah. have said, "We have a piano on the roof," but instead she said, "We have a piano on the roof." Yeah, and it even just the tone shift signifies that she is able to shift perspectives. Yeah. Um, it like the, the tone shift is a shift in perspective that maybe Arnold could have had two. I don't know in for his whole day, maybe, but the fact is she was met with a lot of trouble that day. And her advice to Arnold through a snappy little song is look up, right. And yeah. have hope. And you know, there's a line she actually says, take, take things as they come. Yeah. Which is cool, and I think that is a really valuable lesson, but I, it obviously doesn't work for every situation. It's like, oh, man, I got the flu, or, oh, man, I got the flu. Yeah, like, yeah, it doesn't yeah, really yeah. work like that. I have to but, stay home and so, watch soap operas all day. Yeah, so I that, get to, that's yeah. the way you say it. Yeah, yeah, I get to stay yeah. home and watch soap operas. I've never seen a soap opera. Probably I'm just watching Law & Order reruns on TNT, <laughs> if I'm honest. Catching up on my X-Files, which... Or watching Masters of None again on Again Netflix. and again and again. Yeah. Yeah, that no, no, and her she has like a Zen. The grandma thing has like a the grandma thing. The grandma has a Zen thing going absolutely, on. Absolutely, absolutely badass. And she, in that episode, so they're standing on. I mean, at that part of the episode, they're standing on the roof, and she's playing the piano. And then they hear a car crash, and like a truck, bat, bat, the back of a truck opens up, and all these balloons start pouring out. And Arnold finds himself like surrounded in all these balloons and it's this kind of wonderful whimsical moment Mm -hmm. that happens. And you realize like, yeah, he's had a really bad day, but like how many times are you on a roof while your grandma's playing piano and you're being surrounded by all these wonderful balloons that are sort of like playfully bumping into you and around you. Flirting with you basically. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It was like fish flirting with him, but if he was underwater, but yeah, it was 
Yeah. So it's that same thing of like, if he wouldn't have been had a crappy day and been on the roof, he never would have been into experience that moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think, um, that's like a thing. I think when you meet somebody and you go, that person's got a great outlook. I think they're the ones that are able to capitalize on those moments. They have a bit of that childlike wonder mm-hmm. where they mm-hmm. can kind of like things that happen that are maybe a little odd, like mm-hmm. bring them great enjoyment. And then people who you think like, like, man, they got to figure it out. It's like people that like find themselves just in these weird like situations that make them grumpy or angry, mm-hmm. you know? And, but, and I was going to say like, uh, there was a point where I was commuting by bicycle everywhere and not really driving. And I found those types of situations would occur a lot more frequently. And I think it has to do with like an openness, like in a car mm, mm-hmm. and driving is fine. Obviously it's not like a pro biking anti-car thing, but like in a car, like typically you have the music you want to listen to that's playing and your windows are up. Yeah. And so you're like in this little world and you're like driving around. But I remember riding in Florida, my bike in Florida to go to the store or something. And I rode past, um, a uh, car wash place and I heard this this Mexican dude was like singing this like romantic love song in Spanish at the top of his lungs and I caught it like in a split second and I remember thinking about that moment for like the whole the rest of the day because it was this beautiful sort of really random moment that I saw that I realized in that second that if I would have been driving I would have missed it Mm -hmm. and yeah Mm -hmm. there's no like wonderful thing I learned from that but it's like uh, this it's like the seasoning on top of life. Seasoning, the seasoning of life. Of seasoning of the life. cherry on top of yeah. that of it's like life's you can cake. Have, yeah, bland food or you can throw a little bit of salt on there, some spices, yeah. and you can like get it going. And I think that that's what being open, that openness, mm. allows you to uh, experience those moments in like a really great way. And I think that's a lot of what this episode is tackling. Totally. He's not open. He's he. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is the way my day is going to go. And if it doesn't go this way, I've failed. And it, it, it should be neither of those things. He neither yeah. He's neither succeeded or failed because he's living his life and he is open, but he's not open. He's you know stuck yeah. to this structure that he's set up. Um, and I think that this is, I think, a probably a commentary also like on the way we structure as adults our lives. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is it that's going to make me happy? What is the perfect life? The perfect life is like getting that job that pays really well, getting that house that pays really well, getting the beautiful husband or wife or whomever and having some kids. And then you're, you're there, man, I got this. You know what I mean? But then you realize like, yeah, those are great things to have. Like none of that is wrong, inherently wrong. But at the same time, like you gotta like have like be open. So where you can experience little things along the way that sort of add the spice to life. Because you could you could finish all that crap by the time you're 30 years old, and you hopefully have like 70 years left or yeah. 60 years left or whatever, and that's a lot of time. Yeah, if yeah. you've completed all your goals, you know what I mean. That's freaking crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting too because it it feels like the, his tone of getting this perfect day matches the tone of him wanting to talk to Ruth. It's a very similar kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think this is a little more obsessive than his crush on Ruth, but that same like oh like him him planning out how he's going to meet Ruth at the cheese fair. Um, him saying, excuse me. Um, him saying like, I'm going to walk up to her and I'm, and she's going to say hi. And I'm going to say, what am I going to say? And then I'm like planning out what he's going to say. And you know, he never gets that opportunity and that's part of his fail. You know, he's part of his failure, but I think there is a little bit of openness though at the end of the episode when he says, um, it's like, it makes me wonder even more. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, the fact is, he in that episode, he eventually will 
get to Ruth and it won't be what he thought it's going to be. Right. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. Definitely. He's setting himself up for failure because he's yeah. thought. So, and I, I do that all the time with girls or with um, jobs Just or whatever. You like, probably, yeah. you like overthink a thing. And then when you get to it, you realize, oh, I need to like adjust what I expect. Cause that's not the way life yeah. is. Right. Definitely. And I, um, that's definitely true. And I think that also another thing, this episode, uh, kind of th- this episode and then the one that follows it, um, the haunted train, they, they deal a lot with, uh, like the oral, oral traditions right, right. and the idea of like passing things down, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. in oral fashion, like, and I think that Which oral means like verbal, right? Yeah. Verbal yeah. fashion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. For those I don't of you know what, who don't yeah. use a thesaurus, I don't know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so they're like, you can tell that this list, it's like, who has created this list? No one's really sure, but it's the perfect list. And the way that the story is told is as if it has some sort of like spiritual, mystical yeah, element yeah. to it. And Arnold is the one holding this thing. And that mm, in itself, the mm. fact that he holds this list and knows what's in it is enough to propel him through to propel him through the, ne- the great day that he's about to have. And then uh, the Haunted Train is sort of the same idea where... They're having their board, uh, uh, Arnold and Gerald are bored. And the grandfather tries to perk him up by telling them this story about a job he used to have running a train or working on a train. And it's sort of the idea of when things are passed down orally or things are just passed down, they have this idea of like carrying this momentum as time goes on and they become sort of more fantastic mm-hmm, and more mm-hmm. fantastic. <clears throat> and then the, they sort of carry a weight that they probably never initially had. It mm. was just like, a little story and then as time went on it got you know built on they were it was like bigger and bigger yeah yeah yeah, it became bigger and bigger and it has the that has like probably utility like for the second episode um haunted train the grandfather is obviously trying to make them so they are not bored any longer right right and through that he knows if he goes this sort of mystical route he's more likely to um for it to be successful and i think we see that through our lives all the time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a lot of things people believe in a lot of uh, things people hold dear to them are these things that are sort of supernatural on some mm-hmm, level mm-hmm. and have probably changed throughout time and maybe have gotten even greater because that's effective to have a story told that way. If it makes you, cause that has like a motivate very motivating element to it. Yeah. I mean, you can even look at like just the way, um, uh, you know, the, the mythology of the United States or the mythology of yeah. like American dream. It's all yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's very similar. Um, or, you know, like, I brought up like stories of Robin Hood or King Arthur or yeah. the creation story. They like part of it is part of it is definitely an oral tradition that's been passed down. But the other thing too is regardless of like how or what happened, it's become so important that it it um it it like changes people's perspective, right? And yeah, it, it helps. Uh, And it's like rooted in some sort of fact as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like even when in the, in the list, when he's like, um, Gerald talks about how you got to go to the highest um, hill and ride your bike down. And he goes, I don't need to explain what hill that is. Like all the kids knew. So it's like, wow, this is probably an impossible list to do in one day. It's like rooted in elements Mm -hmm, that are real. mm -hmm. And then the haunted train is the same thing. Like the train obviously exists. He may have worked on the train. There's all these different things that go on in that episode as well. Um, so it's like rooted in reality and that's what keeps you sort of on the track. Like this is not total bullshit. Like there's something to it. Yeah. You know? So you need that combination of like reality and then something supernatural. Right. And you combine those things together and it like, well, that's what myth and legend is. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it has a weight that's really effective. Um, really quick, just so then we can fill in like those gaps of like, uh, what we're talking about. Um, yeah. 
grandpa tells um, Gerald and Arnold the story. All the kids kind of gather around. And then... Um, You're talking about the haunted train. Haunted train, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. The second episode. Um, and then, like, after everyone's like, do you believe it? Do you believe it? And Helga's like, I don't believe it. I need scientific proof. Blah, 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 blah. And she kind of challenges Arnold in that. And Arnold's like, what, you scared? And they end up going to see if this haunted train exists. And then a train shows up and pulls them in. And they all the... Uh, uh, Grandpa kind of lists these signs that you'll know that you're on the haunted train. There'll be a blinding light. It'll smell like sulfur. The lights will go out. And you'll hear music. And then eventually you'll play. You'll, you'll see um, this sort of like demon king or, or something. You'll find yourself in hell. Yeah. Essentially the thing. There's fire everywhere and a demon. Yeah. And these things slowly start to happen. And Arnold and Gerald and Helga are like losing their minds. They're like, this is so scary. Um, and then Brainy shows up and they throw him off of the train. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> weird little mouth breather. Breather. But then what unravels is it's they're just going to a steel mill and it's yeah. the steel workers. And, you know, every sign that um, grandpa provides, the guy who works at the steel mill says, oh, no, it's like sort of debunks it. it debunks every <laughs> single one. Um, Mythbusters. Yeah. Yeah. But you and, said this earlier. This the format of this episode reminded you of which show of what? This, the oh, oh of, yeah, yeah, which is such it's, a good comparison. It's the X Files. Yeah, <laughs> um, at least the beginning is. There's a there's a part where Helga goes, "We need scientific evidence." I'm I'm a skeptic. Basically says I'm a skeptic. Yeah, and then um, Arnold oh. goes, "Oh, sometimes it just takes a little faith." Yeah, which is like Mulder. Yeah, <laughs> Scully and Mulder. Yeah, whole, even the way the episode sort of laid out, you realize, is very similar to X Files. It's like one person telling the story about this crazy thing that happened yeah. and then it's their job to go, you know, to the figure, it, to out, figure yeah. it out. Yeah. Uh, just, just to pause here. My, f- uh, it, Arnold, if Arnold is my favorite cartoon, my favorite drama might be the X-Files. <laughs> I love that show so much. Um, am I, am I doing a podcast on the X-Files? No, you should listen to the X-Files files. <laughs> but someone should. Yeah. Well, there's someone who is, it's called the, <laughs> it's called the X-Files files and you guys should listen to it. It's a great, Great and that podcast. guy's a professional funny guy. Unlike us, we just tell bad amateurs. Jokes. Yeah. Well, amateurs. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, it's kind of funny too. Like uh, the timeline fits. This show was made in like the mid late nineties. Yeah. X Files was also in the mid late nineties. Um, it's probably a shout out for all the parents in the room. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels, and it, it's funny too. Cause there is a, will they, won't they vibe with uh, Arnold and Helga? Definitely. Which is there yeah, in the yeah. X Files too. And yeah. it, I, you know, I, a lot of crossover. I think about how, like those were maybe the two original couples um, that have you heard the term shipping? They, they talk about that on X-Files files. And yeah, I had never heard about it until I listened to it. It's that. a lot more common now because there are way more shows that do it, that do it. Uh, you know, I think probably the three shows that had that the most were the, you know, the will they, won't they conversation me. I mean, I'm, I think, Hey Arnold, the X-Files and friends had the most vibe of like, like, one or two people are pining for each other, but never, never like move forward. And there's kind of like a question, will it ever happen? I don't know. Yeah, I think, but I think, I don't know if Arnold fits in that category because Arnold never, well, never at least sh- so far, never, sh- there's never reciprocated, right, right. like even in the slightest way. Yeah. Whereas in X-Files, they're both, they both will, do it. Will like, they, won't they? Yeah. yeah. Right, and it doesn't right. seem like, like a lustful thing. A little, it does a little bit, but it's most like this deep love. Yeah. yeah. Like they have love and respect. Yeah. yeah. Which is so even better. Yeah. It's funny. Well, I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be like reciprocated. It has to be where the fans are excited about the possibility oh, of it happening. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what it is. So it brings yeah. the fans. So, okay. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a kid, you know, watching the show. I felt that a lot. Like, are they ever going to get together? Is yeah. this ever going to happen? They're nine years old, so even if they did, they probably would break up. That's the reality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The 
I think I think the first episode has more content. I think the haunted train is good though, as like a just a good haunted like a good scary story, a nice yeah. ghost story, kind of being seen through to the end. Um, and it really is tied to like the nature of storytelling. Yeah, um, they both yeah have that in them. Yeah, uh, and I like that the haunted train, the story that Grandpa tells is kind of true, but not completely right. Yeah. Um, and so there is a kind of a conversation of what is truth and what is, um, like, can a, can a story be both true and not true at the same time? Yeah, definitely. And I think, and I, yeah, I think that's definitely true. And I think also that, um, at the beginning of the episode, uh, grandpa was sitting on the steps and he is kind of trying to think of a story and he sees the train go by. He's inspired. And, and he's inspired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, he, is able to craft this story that is really in the way that like a child would view the situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like the things that he crafts the story around is that the play smells bad. The music, which is just a, not a harmonic, what uh, is it called? Uh, an accordion. An accordion. Yeah. A car- uh, uh, an accordion. And then the fire, which is obviously necessary for a steam mill. It's yeah. very, very hot. He like crafts the whole story from like a child's perspective, which is like a very base way of looking at something. Mm-hmm. And makes it alluring to them, which I thought was really interesting because I think a part of one of the wonderful elements of being a kid is that you sort of view things in that way. Mm, fantastical and, and larger yeah, than life. Yeah, exactly. And I think what's cool about storytelling is that an old guy like grandpa is able to tap into that and then regurgitate that back to the kids in a way where they can vibe with it. Like they can enter the situation and they're so engrossed in it because he did such a good job Mm. of picking out the important parts and then making them larger than life. Mm -hmm, Like you said, mm -hmm. um, like making the steel mill really feel like they were in hell, which is what they thought they were in. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. That's good storytelling. Yeah. You can able to pull that off in a story and then in visually it's like, that's yeah. It doesn't get better. They believed it. Like there's a great line that Helga says, curse my inquisitive nature because she like was so angry that she was on that train. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which is like a, a line so far beyond her years. It's very, uh, it's something that Scully might say. I don't know. Maybe yeah. not quite that dramatic, but it feels like uh, something a nine-year-old shouldn't say, but it's so funny. It, like, it really lands in that moment because yeah. she's well, afraid, truly afraid. She's truly afraid, and, it, and I think it ties into the first episode, which is they had that openness. They had the ability to like want mm-hmm. to g- mm-hmm. dive deeper into this, and because of her inquisitive nature, yeah. Yeah, it yeah, led yeah. her to have this experience that she wouldn't have had otherwise. They yeah. would have just been bored all day long. That's true. Had they have not been sucked into the story mm-hmm. and then had the sort of desire to follow it right, through. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you almost see, yeah, you almost see that openness in action in the second episode to some degree. That's right. Yeah. And it's, it's a similar setup too, where this oral tradition is passed down. You're not sure how true it is or not. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the way that the kids respond kind of is different. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. And I, I think that this isn't new to this episode, like this idea of oral tradition. Um, there are there are already episodes of the past, and there are more coming. Where you know they they discover this thing that is referencing some myth or legend in the in the town, and one of the kids, usually Sid, says, "This is a tale passed down from kid generation to kid generation." And then he says, "Gerald, will you read it for us? Will you will you tell the tale?" And then Gerald kind of orates it on, on his soapbox in front of all the kids, and they all go, "Oh!" or they cheer, or they like, you know, gasp or whatever. Um, so I think. It would be cool. I don't know. Maybe I'll do some kind of like, 
it'd be cool to look over all of the oral traditions passed down in this show. Cause there are a lot mm-hmm. and, um, see how they compare and how they differ. Um, yeah. Cause it's a, it's an interesting, and I think it's not just fantastical. I think kids do it all the time. I, Oh yeah. I think they definitely do. That's, I think the oral tradition of the playground is a, is a real thing that isn't just fiction that actually happens. You, that's how like dumb jokes are passed from one side of the country to another. How do, how do kids find that out? Just because it's, that's the way oral tradition works. It's crazy. It's really interesting. Yeah. And then as you get to be an adult, it sort of morphs into these larger things. Right. It's like, why do we do these things? And that's like, well, we've just always done them this way, Mm -hmm. but they should Mm -hmm. change. It's like, no, they can't change. It's always been like this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of the same thinking just as you get older. Yeah. Except you know, you know, if you look back in the, in the list, you know, it does change. Like it does morph. And you know this because the way he talks about watching cartoons, watch cartoon from 6 a.m. until dance craze. Well, what about before dance craze was a show? Yeah. What about after dance craze? Right. Like what? Um, what is, is it no longer a perfect Saturday? Yeah. Or uh, the fact that they knew what the highest hill in the city was. Um, yeah. It shows that it's tied to a specific context. It's not yeah, a perfect yeah. Saturday for all kids. It's a perfect Saturday for kids in that neighborhood. For these kids. Yeah. Um, and, you know, talking about how impoverished these kids are, too. You don't, like, if they were richer, they might have a different one. If they, had a poor, if they were poorer, they would have had a different kind of day. This is, for this demographic, that kind of day is perfect for them. The, weird, the interesting thing, I was thinking about that when we were watching this. The interesting thing about these kids is they all have bicycles, because that's necessary mm-hmm. in this, having the perfect Saturday. And they all have television sets. Right, right. And they have the ability to watch cartoons, which is also necessary for the having the purpose per, right, perfect right. day. So it shows you kind of like almost exactly where they fall. They're, 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 minimally, they all have a bike and a TV. Yeah. They might have more. A lot of the kids are, are well off. Um, you find out that Helga is pretty well off. Rhonda is pretty well off. But then you look to jump to the haunted train episode. After grandpa tells the story, he's looking out of the window and there are rips on the curtain. Yeah. And that's a moment where I was like, oh yeah, Arnold, it, Arnold's really poor. Yeah. It grounds you. Yeah. Even though his room is like kick ass and so awesome. That's like where all the money yeah. goes in that house is to yeah. his, is to his room, which is kind of interesting too. Like, yeah, he's living this kind of hidden perfect life. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, what's funny is we're, we're doing this, um, we're, we're recording this episode at, uh, Adam's house and I just heard an ice cream man go by and I wish we were doing an episode on the Jolly Ollie man. We could interview him uh, about what it's okay. like being a <laughs> sadistic, sadist, uh, uh, sadistic ice cream, man. ice cream man. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've talked about a lot. I think the list is definitely the, um, the, the like theory heavy episode, but the haunted trans a good one too. Yeah, and I, I was worried that we weren't going to have enough content to talk about on this. That's like my first read, but then I realized there's a lot of good stuff in here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you as the viewer, that's like the kind of stuff you should talk about if you're going to review it. Like, they ramble on too much, or yeah. they're really reaching for stuff that isn't there. Yeah. Like, honesty is cool, and yeah. maybe that's a bad thing to ask for is honesty, because that could end up horribly, but mm-hmm. it would be cool. Mm. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, next week is uh, Mugged and Roughing It. Um Maybe watch those ahead of time. Uh, yeah, we're, we're still enjoying this. This is cool. Um, again, check our website, heyarnoldhey.com. Subscribe, rate, review on iTunes, please. Please, 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 please. Uh, anything else? No, I think that was good. We're all good. Okay, Thank cool. Thank you for listening, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye.